Hey everyone, you're listening to Unconventional with your host Raj Javeri, Chirag Shah, and Dr. Summit Shah. We're going to be talking about minimalism today. Um, there was a Netflix documentary and a couple of TED talks about how do you give purpose to the things you own and start, you know, hoarding less. And um, yeah, I know I definitely have a lot of shit that I collect, especially tech. But what about you guys? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, this this talk is an interesting one. It's based off of uh, a couple well-known speakers and authors, best-selling authors in this space, uh, Joshua Fields Milburn and, and Ryan Nicodemus. And apologies if I'm mispronouncing that last name. But yeah, they, they did the Netflix documentary as well as uh, a couple TED Talks. And I think the important thing that, you know, I wanted to kind of introduce on this topic was to reflect on minimalism beyond materialism, right? So, Rod, you talk about you talk about shit, but how do we talk about the broader concept of less is more quality over quantity or, or sorry, the opposite quantity over quality and, and the ultimate like art of letting go as it applies to everyday thoughts and habits. So not necessarily just hoarding shit, but our thoughts, our behaviors and our habits that we kind of carry on every day. But, you know, I think what would, would be awesome is, you know, Taking a step back, I guess let's let, let me ask Raj. Let's start with you. And what what does minimalism mean for you? And, and do you practice it today in any sense, or, or are you mindful of it today? I'm going to be honest. I'm not mindful of it at all. I actually, especially with the days of Amazon and and convenience, right? Trying to have like some form of convenience, and then like being parents or, ourselves. All three of us are parents. I've I've tend to buy things a lot more just because it saves time. Right. So I feel like I'm not practicing practicing minimalism just because I want to increase efficiency uh, with my time. And so I tend to buy all these things. However, like I know when it comes to the next new tech gadget, like I, I like when Oculus Rift 2 came out, I bought it. And I've only touched it once or twice. Same thing with all my with all my gaming consoles. Like I, it's like unnecessary purchasing just because I don't know. Thinking in my head, like oh, one day I'll play it. But also, like part of me, I feel like I have things to entertain others because I love being a host. Um, however, with COVID and everyone being in lockdown, I, I, you know that aspect of entertaining others is just not happening anymore. So, like for example, like I have a PS4, I barely play it. And for some reason, every year I keep buying the new NBA 2K and like the 2K20 still in its original plastic like wrapper. And I just have not opened it. And so like I I am guilty of not practicing minimalism at all. But I think it's like a subconscious thing. I'm not like consciously hoarding things. Right. I We do like, you know, I do sell off things when I feel it's necessary. But however, I don't know, there's there's also times where like you buy things because it's such a good deal. And, and and you just kind of hoard things on that as well. So that's that's what, for me, minimalism means to me. In terms of like other aspect of minimalism uh, regarding how I approach it mentally on, on just non-materialistic thing, I guess like I, I, I want a better understanding of that because I feel like I practice of minimalism, but I, I think it's probably the wrong definition. I, I have a non-attachment 
like I'm not attached to any of my like materialistic things or attachment to my things. So like from that standpoint, like I do practice stoicism on, you know, if things happen, it happens. But I don't, I don't think it like relates anything to minimalism from a mental perspective on certain things. So I, I guess like, can you tell me a little bit more? Like, what do you mean? Like besides the materialistic aspect of like things that we have, a little elaborate on that. Yeah. Yeah. Beyond materialism and some of love to hear thoughts on this as well. It's, it's this whole idea of consumerism, right? And it's this idea of, are we being minimalist as it pertains to how we consume social media, how it pertains to consuming news, maybe how much time we spend on the phone. These are all things that are non-materialistic, but they are very non-minimalism behaviors that we actually go about our day in. And so Raj, I guess that example with you is the Amazon, beyond just buying things that you don't need or buying things that you think you need, are you just on Amazon too much? Are you just browsing for things that you don't need? Is it the browsing that you're not practicing the minimalism with? And that's leading to buying things, right? And and I think the notion of the traditional notion of overconsumption and buying things we don't need, I think that's been around for, you know, however long we can think. But I think thinking about minimalism in the way that we actually carry ourselves and consume things, why isn't, you know, 10 Facebook friends enough? Why do we need a thousand Facebook friends? Right? Why not having 10 quality relationships versus 10, uh, 100,000 acquaintances? That in that sense, right? Beyond materialism, like other aspects of our daily life. It's, it's also your intention though, right? Like, okay, so I don't do window shopping on Amazon. When I go on Amazon, I it's because of a purpose and I do want to buy, I need something, right? However, I do go to Amazon because of, you know, how do I find something that saves me more time? So for example, if I am spending way too much time chopping like veggies, right? Like or dicing veggies, I will go on to Amazon and find some kind of quicker dicer, right? So like one of those chopper things where you just like slam on it and just chops things like faster. So like there is a purpose behind like going on, uh, going on any digital website and, and shopping from for purpose, pur- you know, when you have a purpose, but why do you need to chop vegetables faster? Why do you need to chop vegetables? Just to save time. I think for me, time is a commodity that you can't get back and, and, and is super valuable to me. So for me to save like a 30 minutes of prep time, I can spend 30 minutes on something else. And I think it compounds over time too. So like if you can save things with, you know, with gadgets, like 30 minutes here, 15 minutes here, 20 minutes there, that compounds over time that saves you like up to an hour where you can put it to something a little bit more productive. Yeah, I think things that you're actually using is much easier to uh, justify. That's not really the low hanging fruit, right? If there's, if I'm buying another Apple chopper and I use it once a week, all right, great. I have one more kitchen tool. It's saving me some time. Sure. An absolute minimalist would say, hey, you don't need that. But I think there is so much more that we can target that's much lower hanging fruit than that. And I go back to what Raj initially said, and this is the biggest problem I have, I think that people have with letting go of stuff. It's the what if, what if one day I need this? What if one day I'm hosting 10 people at my house and I need, you know, 10 bed sheets and 15 or 20 towels? What if one day I am going to a party where it's all green and I need my green sneakers, you know, and that is, I think, what prevents us from letting go of a lot of the stuff that we have that we rarely use, maybe once a year, maybe every other year, maybe every five or 10 years. 
one thing that I've, we've, I know I've discussed with my wife about how to get over that hump is letting go. Cause you don't want to let go of something and be like, oh shoot, now a year later or six months later, I needed it is that, you know, we're holding on to some things that we may use maybe once every three years, five years, maybe every year, maybe if we were to donate that same item to someone, to any store, the person buying that is guaranteed to use that way more than we would. They may use it every day because they're clearly paying money or seeking out that object currently in their time while it's just collecting dust in our home. And I think when you start thinking about things like that, it allows you to part ways with some of the things that we are rarely using for that what if moment. No, I agree. I, I I think like like for example, the whole it's also recognizing that you don't repeat the same habit. So for me, my example, this is the first year I am not buying NBA two K twenty one, right? <laughs> I'm not I'm not buying it just because the past three years I've played it once or never opened it. So just like recognizing, like, you know what? I'm not going to purchase the new game anymore just on this what if scenario that I have time. And then just being, you know, honest with yourself, like I really don't have time to play video games anymore. And 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 this is a reason why I did not buy the new PS5 or the new Xbox or anything, because I'm really notorious of buying these consoles every year. And and this is the first year where I'm like, you know what? No, I, I just don't have the time. I'd rather not do this. And 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 I moved on from that. But I want to go back to like Chirag's aspect of followers and social media. I think this is like really, really, really important. And I think it all comes down to purpose and intention, right? I think some people use social media for a branding perspective. So having more than a thousand followers could be useful for them to market or to survey a crowd. Or if you make it purposeful, then I don't think you're being a minimalist. But however, if you're having a lot of followers and you're not making it purposeful, meaning that it it serves no purpose, then I, I agree. Like the amount of time you spend on social media, you could be spending it somewhere else. And and I, I think that minimalist uh, aspect of spending time in the digital world is is really important now now these days. But I feel like that's increased a lot more, in, including like binge watching Netflix and Disney Plus just because we're in this pandemic. Yeah. And then that's, that's getting into the conversation about minimalism beyond materialism, right? I think it's this question of when will we be content? Right? Are we supposed to tell ourselves that I'm happy with where I am and what I have? And that could pertain to your job, your pay, the house you have, the car you have, or, or even giving, right? Even giving. Um, Summit, uh, you and I were having this conversation the other day where you gave that example of, you know, if this lady just had $120 to fix her car or, or for that parking ticket, that she, the fine that she got for a parking ticket, it would have changed her the entire course of her life, right? And if you're somebody that gives, is it enough for you to give 120, but you don't because it's not 10,000, right? It's not, it, it's not this sense of like, I, I, doing something small with a high impact and value doesn't mean the same as me doing something big and not necessarily knowing it's impact and value. Yeah, right? you make a good, no, that's absolutely right. I, I think it is about what we can give by letting go and being more minimalistic can really change other people's lives potentially. And that's probably the moralistic, selfless way of looking at things. But I think there's a lot of 
selfishness that we should also focus on for trying to be more minimalistic, right? By uh, what the authors have said about decluttering your life, simplifying it. You know, I like to use the example of our refrigerator. You know, we we tend to hoard things in our fridge. I think everyone does. I, uh, maybe it's like 10 hot sauces or whatever it is that we rarely may use. But I think what that's actually doing is that's preventing us from using the items in our fridge that we actually want and they may get hidden behind things and then they go bad. Or we want to eat something, but we don't know it's there. And so we we don't get a chance to eat it. <laughs> um, I think by de- uh, the same thing applies to your wardrobe. You may have a shirt that you love, but you have all 10 shirts that you're just keeping around just in the what if moment that you think are kind of mediocre, but you got a good deal on, you don't want to get rid of. Now that one shirt that you love may get hidden when the time is right and you really want that shirt. So I think that minimalizing your life can actually make you a lot, can serve, can allow you to use the things in your life and optimize those things. Uh, to the next level. Yeah, I think it's an art, right? So like, for example, if I'm buying a whole bunch of hot sauces, it's just more like I want to try this out. I think the most important aspect is recognizing what you tend to use the most, right? So if you are trying it out and you decide that I'm not a big fan of this or I, I, you know, I won't use this as often. And I think it's like really recognizing like, what do you use as often? So for, for me, I actually start using the truff hot sauce quite a bit on all of my burgers and I go through bottles of them. Originally, I bought it just to try it out, but now it's become like a staple in our home. So I think it's like really a recognizing what do you use the most? What do you not use the most? And the things that you don't use the most or it's not as frequently, that's, you know, perhaps what you give up. And then when it comes to like wardrobe changes, I, I think like I'm notorious of this as well. Like I used to own a lot of suits and I still own a lot of suits thinking I'll fit back into them again when I lose all this excess COVID weight. But I think it's like really understanding the trade off because fashion changes, your taste changes and your body changes. And it's all about like, all right, if I'm buying new clothes, then not to keep the older clothes and really recognizing like, you know what, realistically, I am not going to wear this anymore. And then actually donate it. And I, I think that I think we're all three of us are really good at donating, you know, clothing and things that we don't need. I mean, I could be wrong. I, I know I can definitely do a lot more, but I, I believe there is this practice of these trade-offs that we do. If you buy something new, then let's get rid of something old that you know that it's not your taste anymore. Oh man, I wish I did that every time. Man, our place would be so much cleaner. <laughs> we definitely <laughs> don't do that, both with our kids and ourselves. When I buy something new, I definitely do not get rid of something every single time. That takes a lot of discipline. Yeah. I also think that like the whole concept of FOMO, I think has also kind of built this barrier, right? Against, against, you know, this concept and it's like this, I'm, I'm going to be missing out if I don't get that or if I don't try this or if I don't get the next best thing, if I don't get the, you know, whatever it might be, the iPhone. But at times, I think, I think there's, there's times when this FOMO mentality also serves good, right? If you let's look at, let's, let's look at Peloton, right? Every time I, I speak with someone, they got a Peloton too. Sometimes I think you got one, right? And I'm just like, of course you did. You know, I make this statement like, of yeah. course you did, you know, as in like, I would never get one. But then I, I took a step back and I'm like, Wait, actually, if, if Peloton is doing this, if people are buying, you know, let's say five years ago, no one in their minds would ever think about buying a $2,000 bike. But if Peloton is doing this and they're creating the following and people are just buying it because they, they because everyone else has it, it's still for good, right? It's serving a good purpose. These are people that would have otherwise maybe not even got into health and fitness, 
without this, right? And so I think, you know, do you, would you agree that there's times when, when buying something you don't need can be for good because you end up using it, right? And you end up actually contributing to your own health and wellness. But that's, that's like, that's like a slippery slope. Like, I mean, this is where it gets really difficult, right? Like, are you buying it knowing, thinking maybe there will be a behavioral change in me and I'll start using it more? Uh, Apple Watch is like probably like the biggest thing. Like I bought my wife uh, Apple Watch like two years ago, the brand new one, or no, like a year ago, right? She did not use it at all the whole time. just like sitting there, brand new in the box. And then now like pushing her being like, hey, look at all these other mommies and physicians. Like they're using the Apple Watch. It'll like make, it'll make it a lot better and, and you can answer things a lot faster. You can receive your pages on it, all this other stuff, right? So now she's starting to try out. And I've noticed like even with my wife, like every single new tech I bring in, even with our like Tesla car, she always like, this is unnecessary. Why can't we just get a regular car? Now she's obsessed with driving the Tesla and, and she's like realizes the worth of it because of the commute and the carpool benefits and, and the fact that it's saving us money in long term. And I think it's like really recognizing it's like, what are the things that you know that you'll start utilizing a lot more because it's there versus you're buying it because of FOMO and you're not utilizing it. And I think that's where it gets really difficult to differentiate the two because you yeah. can't really predict it. You can't really you, you don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I also, I also wanted to bring up a topic about, I guess, I guess our, our, our capacity to not be, you know, minimalist, you know, our capacity not to be that. And, and the concept is, you know, our craving, we're, the more we're making, the more we're buying and the more we're kind of keeping up with the Jones. And so if you look at somebody that, let's say, runs a balanced budget, has, let's say, $1,000 a month to spend, they're buying $1,000 worth of stuff, no less, no more, and they have no choice but to be content with what they have. But the minute you now, you know, turn that thousand dollars into two thousand dollars, what are they doing with that additional thousand dollars? Right. And and Summit, I think you 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 you're big in sort of you know personal finance and, and individuals' responsibilities in their finances. Is that additional thousand dollars supposed to go into some non-consumer good, right? Like into saving, into doing some other good, right? If they were already content with that initial thousand with what they had. Yeah, but I think it's, you know, you see in America, there's a vast difference as to what that extra thousand dollars, what people do with it, uh, depending on their socioeconomic class. And that's where that whole uh, 75K magic number to happiness that studies have shown uh, really stems from is that when people have less, right, they're going to keep spending, keep spending the extra thousand dollars potentially. People who are privileged enough to you know, make more than 75 or 100K in most parts of America, it doesn't go anywhere but their bank account, which is just another form of hoarding and saving. And, uh, you know, so some would, men, most would argue, well, that's a good form of saving. That's a good form of hoarding. That's not doing anything. But we circle back to what we said earlier about, well, that could help other people uh, make a bigger difference in their life. And one of my buddies told me, you know, had a line, uh, one of my friends said that, you can't take it with you, you know, and it's one of the most, and that applies to, I think, both money, status, power, things, everything. We we hoard and we collect all of those things to different extent. But in the end, you can't take it with you. I guess you can give it to your kids, sure, but you're not going to be around to see how they spend it or do it, you know, and that's what the TED Talk started off with, was talking about death. Well, I mean, okay, so this, this is a good transition because I feel like there needs to be a balance, right? I think when it comes to, income and, and money, hoarding and collecting and, and investing from that perspective, it's, I think you have to find the right balance, right? 
are you living in the present? But also, you know, being smart to prepare yourself that anything can happen tomorrow. So I think it depends on the individual and their economic situation. But I really believe there is a fine balance, right? Like, I mean, we all have savings. We all have investments and portfolios, right? We're not giving everything and donating everything that we make. I don't think that's the problem. I think the problem here is a deeper root problem. It's the fact of, you know, when you have stability and when you have more income coming in, I think subconsciously we're like, oh, it's okay to spend a little bit more because we can afford it, right? And I've noticed this, the more money I've made, the more shit I've been collecting and the more shit that's been buying in this house. Like we have like two different strollers and four different car seats for our, like, you know, our baby. And, and it's all about like knowing that because we're comfortable, we can tend to, you know, buy this extra luxury or whatever it is and we can afford it. And I think it's a subconscious thing that like, Hey, maybe we should pause ourselves. Let's not buy it because it's necessary. Uh, or because it's, uh, you know, it's not necessary or, you know, or makes it even better. So I think there there is like a, a deeper root cause to this where the more money you make, the the subconsciously, the more spending you're doing um, just because you're comfortable doing it. However, if you can trick your mind to really live in a way that, you know, you were not you were making less. And, or you were broke or you were, you know, a little bit frugal, maybe the minimalism w- will increase. But I, I don't know. What do you guys think? You know, I, I just play devil's advocate here just because, I, you know, I know a lot of physicians. That's the realm I'm in. And uh, we talk about this a lot, how actually most, I'd say most physicians I know are living below their means in the sense that they are so frugal, so obsessed with their retirement accounts and their bank accounts, they will make a lot of uh, sacrifices for and not spend on experiences even or essentials and stress out constantly about their bank account balances, even though they have a huge surplus and way more than um, you know, any American or anyone in the world probably needs for their life to live uh, a very good life. Well, let me reframe it, right? It's not about like, living well well, here's the thing right these physicians including yourselves because you're making a little bit more you decide to have an upgraded version of your suv or your car versus like having something that could have been cheaper that can serve the same purpose however because you can afford it a little bit a little bit more luxuries with you know certain packages that's inside like you don't think we're guilty of that because now we can afford it, we tend to, you know, try to see what we can get the best value out of our dollar if we are spending spending that amount. And then in our head and me personally, I'm like, oh, you know, if I spend like 5K more, or 10K more, I can probably get, you know, the next version or the next brand model that's a little bit more costly and, and just because it, it's branded, right? So like, you know, instead of using like, you know, driving a Toyota 4Runner, you tend to get, you know, something that's a little bit upgraded, like the Lexus or the Acura, right? So I don't know. I feel like there is a subconscious aspect of once we're comfortable, uh, we tend to buy a little bit more lux- luxurious items, even though the cheaper versions of it are also great and it serves the same purpose. However, we're, we're still buying it because of the brand or, or the status that we have. And um, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's 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 one aspect of it. 
I, I don't know, Rod. I, I don't know about the car example because I feel like if you're going to be spending more on a car and you are, uh, it's a better, better car, nicer car, but you plan on only having one car for the next 10 years, then sure, spend the extra 20 grand on that initial purchase if you find yourself using it for the next 10 years. But I think the, that, and that's, that's the practice, right? But I think more often than not, what ends up happening is that it doesn't end at that 20 grand upgrade. After five years, you end up wanting the 40 grand upgrade. After three years, you end up wanting the bigger upgrade, right? If you don't have the, if you don't have the, I guess back to your original point, if you don't have the intention for what you're spending and why you're spending it, then it ends up becoming, in my mind, my opinion, excessive and unnecessary. But here it goes back to Summer's thing, right? Like also experience. And this is why I believe there needs to be a right balance of spending or being minimal to like, you know, with experience, et cetera. I, I, you know, if you're making the money and you're, you know, if if something out there that is like you want to buy that brings you happiness and joy um, and you know, I think there's a formula to this, right? If it's short-term happiness, short-term joy, and you know that you're not going to use this as frequently and it's just going to give you temporary fulfillment, then maybe you should question that purchase. But however, if it gives you joy in that fulfillment and you know that you're going to constantly use this, then I think it's worth that investment in buying, you know, buying that things. But however, you, I, I do, I think, I guess that goes part of the experience, right? Like there's, there's, you know, you should be spending it based off of the experience that you're going to obtain and per, um, depending on what you're purchasing it, then that, you know, making sure that experience is fulfilling in a long-term perspective. Yeah, no, that, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah. It, it, that's an excellent point. I think when it comes to experiences or, or anything else, that's maybe not necessarily the, the material aspect of it, right? It's, it's actually the enjoyment aspect of it. I think in that sense, then you can, you can kind of justify, justify the expense or justify keeping something for longer, potentially. The, the, uh, the last kind of final thing, we have a few minutes here, I think is, is important to kind of explore the day and age that we're living in today, right? Are we, are we content or are we okay with where we are in life? whether it be the job we have, the house we have, or is there going to be this never-ending cycle of I'm going to find a new job because I no longer like this one and I want another one, or I'm looking for more pay because it's now been three years or whatever it might be. And that, of course, goes into, and that leads to, right? That's where it could potentially start. And then it leads to buying more things, buying another car, another house, whatever it might be. Is there a point when, let's say, thinking back at your 20s or thinking back when you were younger that in your mind, you said, you know what, you know, let's say some, you know, I'm going to become this position as soon as I attain this at this level, I'm good. And I'm, and I'm going to be content there for the rest of my life. Did that ever cross either of your minds with regards to your career or, or anything else that you were pursuing in life? You know, this is why actually that we are all such good friends is because we are uh, very ambitious individuals who constantly want more that applies to so many aspects of our life, both with our careers, our relationships, our health, trying to be better people, religion, spirituality. I think we are very driven individuals, which is probably why we started this podcast. I think that we always want more. Finding that balance, as Roger said many times, uh, and you've alluded to, is, is hard because uh, you take the pedal off of the drive and the ambition. Now maybe you don't uh, do many of the things that were making you happier or were allowing you to make a bigger difference. Um, it's a balance I think all three of us will 
constantly be faced with for the rest of our lives, in my opinion. Yeah, it has to, it's not about like, like, like some have said we're ambitious. It's, it's about the difference of being minimalist and complacent, right? And I think there's a difference there. All of us, I think we have to pick and choose where complacency is accepted, you know, dependent on which vertical you're going towards. But like when it comes to career or growth or taking it to the next level, I think that if you know internally you have potential to take it to the next level and and you can be better and 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 you can do more then then that's you know you're going against complacency and and I think there's nothing wrong with that. And like I said, it, there there needs to be a balance and you need to pick and choose where you're okay with it, you're complacent and you're stoic about it versus you know knowing that you can do better and you can grow more and i think there's nothing wrong with that yeah no that's a that's a good point um yeah and i guess the you know final thought i guess from my end was right <laughs> going back to i was just thinking about the the cutter you know the vegetable cutter right you're you're cutting up things and you buy a vegetable cutter and it's saving you 20 minutes that's perfectly good that's fine but where are you spending that 20 minutes and if you're spending that 20 minutes you can watch an extra binge on an extra netflix episode is vastly different than knowing that you're now going to spend that 20 minutes extra with your daughter right? And so I think we really need a question as we're practicing minimalism or just being mindful of how we're consuming things and spending our time. With the time that we do have and the things that we are buying, what value, what joy is that bringing us? What what quality of life value is that bringing us, right? Yeah. I know that we're going to go a little bit over, but this, like the perfect example of minimalism, I'm not I, I'm going to put my mom on the spot. My mom's like the biggest hoarder Absolutely. ever. I'm not sure if your parents are. 100%. Like she's kept everything. She's kept my like perfect attendance little ribbons from like kindergarten, like in a box. And and, and I'm just like, I, I get it. Um, this reminds me of that TED Talks. Like I, I kind of get it, like how it's some kind of attachment or some kind of memory. And I think that you really need to figure out what is sentimental to you or what is you know, this is a memory that I'll keep and cherish, but I don't need box full of things to remind me of. And and I think that that is one aspect that I definitely want to follow is to start getting rid of things that I know that at, at that time it was important, but it serves no purpose to me right now. I actually have binders of like drug development research projects that I was doing earlier that serves no purpose to me right now but i don't know why i've kept it and and something is like an internal battle yeah i'm just like holy crap there's so much things i like i used to keep like years worth of gq magazine and i i've honestly because you get these free subscriptions sometimes off of these like internet deals and then uh, honestly from like the hundreds of gq magazines i have i probably read three so it's just like, I don't know why I'm hoarding these magazines. And, and it's, it, yeah, I, you know, this was a good, good talk to kind of make me realize like, you know what, I don't need this. Maybe, maybe it's not completely getting rid of it, but a good chunk of it. Right. Like, so if you are like owning magazines, it's just like, all right, maybe saving, you know, the last three months worth and everything else you can t trash. Right. So I think like, coming with little baby steps and regulating yourself on how much you want to keep it will definitely you know give you that long-term success of you know reducing the amount of stuff that you have so there you have it minimalism so i guess how are you going to be practicing minimalism this week or for the rest of your lives where 
else are the items that you guys think that we can be minimal about? You know, it could be about things or other actions that we probably didn't even talk about during this podcast. Love to hear your thoughts. Love to hear your comments. Until next time, this is Rod Javeri. You're listening to Unconventional. <laughs>